Hello and welcome to the Split Row Podcast. I'm Steve Packnick and joining me as always, he's the real stinger at the end of phase four. It's Gabe Acevedo. <laughs> the real stinger. I mean, my stinger would be definitely better than half of phase four. So sure, why not? Could you imagine if that's what happened? You just If you just showed up at the end of Wakanda Forever, I would have been really surprised. Because I'm just sitting there like waiting through all the credits, waiting through all the credits. And I'm like, okay, what's going to be there? What's going to be there? What's the exciting reveal? And there's there, then you show up. That would be that would be bizarre. And it's me. You would be like, I want a refund right now. <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell? Where we? That's you've been going back and forth to California for. See, see, to That's Burbank, and you know, you filming go. in the Burbank Studios in Disney because you know I have my connections. I made it big here in Arizona, <laughs> of all places. I made it big. Well, it's not showing in our listenership. I'll tell you that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now I'm in the scene, so now we're gonna get you know now, now, now we become popular. In case you don't know, we're talking about Wakanda Forever today and the MCU as as a whole, like Phase Four a little bit. So we're gonna be doing that. So if you haven't seen Wakanda Forever, you you know we're gonna probably spoil a couple things for you in this, but it's not that important. I mean, it's, it's not that shocking. I would say nothing in this is surprising, really, if we're honest. But we will be talking about that. But uh, yeah, I think it's it, it should be good. So definitely enjoy that. Uh, also, there, there's no, there is no stinger at the end. There's a mid credit scene, but there's no stinger at the end. It was just black, so don't, don't stick around. It was Black Panther will return. <laughs> yeah, uh, duh, yeah, duh. Um, sure. Yeah, obviously, it's it's the movie made 180 million dollars this weekend. Of course, it's going to return. Like, it was never in question. No one thought, oh, this is the end of it. No, it's no, back. of course not. Of course not. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. A lot of work. Very stressed out because I leave for a conference tomorrow in California. See, that's why I'm going back there because it's I'm, now I'm shooting the next scene for the next movie. Okay. Yeah. The reshoots. Um, I see. Yeah, but I'm good. Just a lot of work pretending to adult and pretending that I earn my paycheck. So that sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's snowing here, which is the first snow we've had of the year. So that's exciting. You know, living up, living the life in, in, in this cold temperature, which is always fun. Uh, but enjoying <laughs> enjoying these movies. Actually, I've been we've been uh you know, it's getting back and there's a couple movies that came out over the weekend, uh, some fun stuff. I've been catching up on some stuff, so I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely having fun times. Uh, this was actually a fun movie. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Yeah, I liked it. I think it was a good, good weekend. out. I mean, let's let's we could just dive right into it. I mean, this movie had a lot of pressure on, it, I'd say, right? Like, you know, phase four, not successful. I mean, if we're going to be honest right from the bat, not successful. Phase four has been pretty underwhelming. And, you know, so there, there was a lot of pressure on this, you, you know, before, like, before we continue, would you say just throwing your schedule off for, you know, your, your outline for our yeah. episode on a loop, would you say phase four is the weakest of Marvel yeah. that Marvel has given us so far? Oh, for sure. Okay. I would say, I mean, the argument would be that what the, the only other option would be phase two phase two. But yeah. That would, that would, I think, yeah. I think phase two is more successful than phase four. Agreed. I think, Agreed. I think there's, I think there's just better movies there. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are some worse movies, but, you know, uh, I, I think it is just a better overall phase. I totally agree. Just wanted to see if we were in the same page. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page with that one. Um, but not not like disregarding all that. I mean, I think phase four has had a lot of expectation. I mean, phase four was, was always going to be more difficult because of some of the issues. But let's let's talk about what let's focus on Wakanda forever for now. Let's let's focus on this. Because that's the newest movie that just came out in this phase. Um, with with the film, like how much pressure do you think there was on this film for it to work? I mean, a lot of it was difficult because of the death of Chadwick Boseman and all of the delays and stuff. 
but how much pressure do you think there was on this movie in particular to work? Um, Tons, tons. We'll talk about the Chatwick Boseman in a little bit, factor of it all in a little bit. But I think just as a film, um, it had a lot of pressure because this is the sequel to a cultural moment from four years ago. You know, regardless of where you land in Black Panther, I don't think I've seen or know anybody that hates Black Panther. At least people who are lukewarm on it still enjoy it and like it for what it is. But we can't deny that Black Panther was a cultural moment. So that's... um part of the pressure it has then suddenly a couple of months ago um feige announces that out of nowhere that they were going to cut phase four and that black panther was officially the end of phase four which wasn't the original plan um so you know we're expecting this movie to end what has been a lackluster phase so far hopefully ended in just a big bombastic and hopefully at this point we were just hoping for a good way to end phase four um so you know it had a lot a lot of um, pressure and you know add the chadwick boseman aspect to it so there was a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on kugler um mcu and this movie to to just be good and hopefully match or exceed what the original black panther did I mean, I agree. I think there, there's a there's a tremendous amount of pressure on this because of how passionate people are for the first one. You know, when w- within this phase, even you have some different movies like the the Thor movie. People were really excited because they loved the they loved Thor Ragnarok and they were really excited for the second one for the for the, the fourth movie. But people weren't like, oh my god, it's my it's I I have such a, an emotional attachment to that movie about what it did for me as a person and the commitment I have. So Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder didn't have that sort of res- like didn't have that kind of weight on it. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Nobody cares about Doctor Strange in, in the same way. I mean, people like Doctor Strange, but it does that movie. The first one didn't matter to people. It's not like they weren't emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no even these legacy ones like like Spider-Man or Black Widow. None of them had the, the same sort of emotionality between to it to set up and the pressure on it. They didn't have the same pressure to get it right or anything. But this had. I think the most because of the the subject matter. I think Black Panther is such it's it's more than just a superhero to people. I mean, it is it is a true hero to people. And in this movie, the first one was so important for representation and all of the things that you know that that movie meant to people. So I think there was a huge amount of expectation on this one, especially because you know the first one was Oscar nominated for Best Picture. This this had to live up to some of that. This yep. had to live up to something there. And that was a lot of pressure to put on this, a lot, almost unfair in a way. But I think it is also fair because of how good the first one was. The expectation is very, very high. Um, going into this, though, we we knew it was going to be different than it was originally planned to be because this obviously is not the same Black Panther as the first one because we knew that Chadwick Boseman died two years ago and it was a, a tragic death with by by Boseman by you know, having colon cancer and, you know, it surprised everybody. Everybody was surprised by this. And, you know, it, they had to do a lot of rewrites. They had to take some time to to think about the film and, and see how they were going to go forward, especially after they decided they're not going to recast T'Challa. After making that decision, they had a lot of commitment and a lot of stuff to do. How do you think, like, like knowing the challenges that they faced, how do you think the expectations shifted. Did they shift at all or what were your expectations going into it? Um, 
I just, I, I don't know if my expectations shifted. I just wanted to see, I was very interested in seeing what they were going to do with that character, especially because they didn't recast it, right? I wanted to see what would be the end of T'Challa, the character. How would they handle um Chadwick's passing? And like you said, nobody knew he was sick. I think the only person in MCU, the only, I believe, and don't quote me, but I believe the only two people that knew in MCU was Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige. Nobody else knew. There was just like a handful of people in the entire world that knew that he was sick. Um, so I was really interesting to see, interested in seeing what and how they handled his departure. Um, because I think it's a very, it's very difficult to navigate that, especially like you said, we all know, like we, we, we've already said, Black Panther is just a moment. It was a cultural moment. This was a character that means so much and people are invested in it. Um, so it definitely weighed in my process of like, what are they gonna do? But I walked in knowing that it's very difficult to navigate such a loss, and I was ready to see if they nailed it or not. So I was open to both routes. I think that's fair. I mean, I I felt the same way. I was, I think it actually dampened my expectations for the film in, in a way that was good. You know, I didn't. It's not. I I wasn't expecting the best movie of in the world. I was really trying to see what they were going to do. I know it's going to be emotional and there's going to be something else in it because obviously without, I mean, based on the trailer, you know, the first trailer shows that there's going to be a lot of emotion in this. It's going to be an emotional film. So I wanted to see that and how they handled it. I mean, certainly it's, it's a very difficult thing to handle within a film, especially paying respect to the, both the character and the actor, especially that was going to be a challenge that they were going to face. And I really think they nailed it. I don't know about you, but I, I think they really did nail it in an interesting way. I mean, dealing with the character itself, which was a difficult thing, like how do we write this character out and having it be a sudden illness. I mean, it's the same way that we all we all reacted to it kind of. Mm -hmm. And also they they did it pretty respectfully, I would say. There's been there were a couple of moments within it. You know, the the Marvel montage was all Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. And silent. And, Oh, si silent. Yeah, that was it was it was a lot. I mean, I was like crying right in the very beginning of this movie. It was yeah. very emotional. And, they and I it, it was very, very. And I didn't expect I'm not going to say how just to not mention a lot of spoilers, but I didn't expect the movie to open the way it opened. Yeah, Um, I expected already, you know, dealing with. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is, you know, we're dealing with. But that even that hit me hard because I did not expect to see like that opening. And I'm like, oh come on yeah. like really yeah i think it was it was really tough but i think it, it that plays a very important part in in the rest of the movie i mean that that opening even though it's it's an interesting choice because you know i mean it, it it's not really spoiling it to say how they they handle it a little bit at the beginning like he the character dies off screen there they didn't want to make any cgi of him they they decided they weren't going to do any cgi they weren't going to do any body double none of that stuff no voice so, acting either he, nothing so yeah, yeah. he he dies off screen um, by a mysterious illness while Shuri's trying to cure him. And, you know, I think it works. It, it emotionally resonates. I think there's some good emotionality there. Uh, this is definitely, I mean, before even getting into the rest of this, this is the most emotional Marvel film I've ever seen. Like, Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And this is one, also one of the most grown up Marvel films. Yeah. It, it it deals with a lot. It, there's actually stuff it deals with. Characters go through emotional things and actually have to deal with stuff. So mm -hmm. like, that's a kind of weird thing, you know. Um, 
and, and the film has to conquer a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this film. Like be, with with this plus all the other stuff they wanted to do, there's a lot crammed in here. You know, there's there's the production and craft. Uh, you know, I had to switch, and they're trying to make a new storyline that incorporates succession, loss, grief, also new characters, an entirely new kingdom, and and way more. There's like a lot packed into this. Do you think he pulled it off or was, do you think Kugler pulled it off or was there just a little bit too much? I think there was a lot of good in this movie. I think he pulled off the tribute and the loss and grief aspects of Chadwick in the movie. I think that's for me when the movie was at its strongest. Um, and I really do think he pulled off in a very satisfying way, the introduction of, of Namor um, and his people, I think the first half of the movie, which incorporates where we see Namor's background, his story, why the why he is the, the way he is. We see his his city, um, you know, their version, MCU's version of Atlantis and stuff like that. I think it's extremely successful. I think it works really well. I see these two characters referring to Namor and um, Shuri really relate to each other and how they're basically mirrors of each other. I think the way they incorporate Mexican culture, the Mayan culture is fantastic as a Latino. I was super happy. Um, I've been reading a lot on the reception of um, Mexicans and Mayan culture, and people are actually really, really happy um, the way it's portrayed. Um, and Tenoch, I think, was a great addition to, to, to Marvel. So I do think the first half of the movie nails it really really nails it i think the end of the movie also ends very strong and nails it for me i have issues with the second half because that's where it becomes the marvel movie and some people tell me or have told me but it's a marvel movie you know they're gonna do it and i'm yeah. like yes i get it but i think if there was ever a movie in mcu that was gonna be completely different this would have been the movie and I would have liked to see the just that first half just be the entire film of these two civilizations getting together. Um, and I'll go into details of stuff that I did not like. But I think he did a very good job. For me, it's not perfect. But I do think he did a very good job in the grief, the loss, the reverence to Chadwick Boseman and setting up new characters, a new culture and intersecting them with um, Wakanda. I think there's, you know, I, I think he he's was successful in some parts, really, for sure. I thought like the the loss and grief part was really great, even incorporating and like introducing Namor and like the new uh, his new kingdom was, was pretty solid at points. But there were definitely parts where I, I think some of the characters that were introduced, we, you know, we, we introduced Riri, which I think was just not that I did not like did, was not a fan of the, the way. I mean, they're basically shoehorning this character in here because there's a TV show coming out next year. So I was like, yeah, that looks weird. That that MacGuffin for me did not work at all. No, it it was it wasn't good. Um, Something like some of those things didn't work. There were some of the plotting wasn't that great. I think there were some issues with some of the story in my mind. Uh, I didn't know much about uh, Namor before this anyway. And, you know, it, it seemed it seemed a little bit forced in different points and I, I, just a couple of different times. So it, it was a little bit weird, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun one. 
I just think there was almost too much to handle. And I think that Kugler was not fully in charge. Like if he was fully in charge, this movie would be different. You know, there, there, you, like you said, the, the MCU part, the, the Feige part was there. There, yep. there's a, there's a greater world outside of this film that needed to be served. I think yes. that's one of the problems with this film a little bit. I mean, now I think that the, the part that Kugler made, I think is great. Fantastic. And there's a lot like, you know, whether it's the costuming, I mean, which again is, is incredible. I think oh, the costumes in this. Oh my God. There's just incredible. Oof. I mean, if, especially the, the scene when, uh, <laughs> when what's her face is in, in Boston, her outfit. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? The purple uh, jumpsuit. No, not the purple jumpsuit. The the red the red jumpsuit with the with the vest and the oh, sunglasses. Oh, with the vest and the sunglasses. Oh my god, she looked fantastic. Like the that eye. Was... Yeah. Oh my god, she. Like give give this movie one of the Oscars. This movie one was costumes four years ago. Give it yep. give give it costumes I, again. I think there's a really good shot that this could win again for costuming. It, it was just it, it fantastic. Was very good. Those headpieces for the Talokan people. Like what? Yeah, there what? was re- the costuming again was just outstanding in this. I really do like that. I mean, there were some choices that I just think worked really, really well. And that you could tell they were done through a very strong director and someone who yeah. knew had a vision for this. But then there were parts that were like just choices that were like, oh, we got it. like Cougar's probably sitting there in the meeting like, oh, we got to do this. Like, do I have to incorporate have this? To... And I agree with you to piggyback. Yeah. That, I think there are two movies in this movie. There's a Ryan Coogler movie and there's a Kevin Feige movie. And I think to be fair, I don't think the Marvel part or the Kevin Feige movie is bad. It's fine. But I think the Ryan Coogler movie, that's the movie. That's when yeah. I was in Wakanda forever invested in this movie. And I think you can see a lot of that in the first half. And sprinkled throughout the second half with the Feige machine, um, <laughs> the yeah. Feige robot that we saw in She-Hulk <laughs> controlling everything. Yeah, it's it's funny that that's like that's kind of the the part there. I mean, like I could see that there's definitely a, the the parts that are the weakest in all of these movies recently. The weakest parts are the giant fight scenes. They're just mm-hmm. they're just bad. Like I don't care. Like they're they're not interesting. There's. There's some parts that are kind of cool, but like it just wasn't very good. Like the the fight scene at the end, like the big fight between you know, both just, of them. Yeah, no, not not, not the, the not the one on one, not the one on one, but the two the, groups the of boat, people. Yeah, on a boat. First of all, bad idea. Uh, come on, that's a stupid idea that they're on a boat in the middle of the ocean against fighting fighting a civilization like, that lives in the water. Like, that was come a, on, that, someone wasn't thinking. Um, that was a really that was really dumb. That was really dumb. That's like we built it and the boat looks stupid. That's a dumb boat. That doesn't that's not how boats work. Like that's not how boats work. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not how they work. It was um, a, it was a very lackluster. It was a very lackluster fight. And yeah, having two probably the two biggest and strongest civilizations on in, in the Marvel universe right now, because both of them have yeah. vibranium, and that's the fight that you give us. Like, come yeah. on. And, you know, you you mentioned the Riri aspect of it. One of the misses for me in this movie, um, and it does come a lot in fruition in, in, in fruition in the second half, is I never, they never justified completely or in a compelling way why these two civilizations are fighting with each other for me. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Just be, like this is the reason they're fighting. It just didn't connect with me. It just didn't make sense. That's that's part of my criticism of like some of the plot points. Like I think that Namor is just not 
he wasn't fully fleshed out. Like there was a, there was good parts there and good elements of it. And there was good backstory, I think, but some of the motivation was a little bit off for me, but I mean, I don't want to get into to too much of, of, of hating on that. I think incorporating Namor, was really interesting, especially because they, they made about of ancient Mexico rather than ancient Greece. Cause like in the comic books, Namor is from Atlantis. He's, you know, just 100%. It's, it's who you'd expect. Namor King of Atlantis is, is kind of where he is. But they they change everything about him. They they make him not Greek anymore, and they they make him Mayan, ancient Mayan, and um, you know that that changes a lot of the characterization. It changes some of the story. It changes a lot of the motivations of the character and, and everything like that. Do you think it worked, or was it was it just unnecessary? I thought it was successful. Um, I'm gonna answer from two perspectives. You know, as Latino, I thought it was just great seeing the team representation in such a big scale um i and and just i think it worked i think it's a good change i i can see what they did it you know black panther was such a big cultural moment for um black people and i think kugler wants to stay within that realm of creating movies or a big movie for people of color and changing um no more's you know for changing no more from grecian and atlantis into mexican culture i think it just it just i honestly i think it worked i think it was it was very just very nice i have no issues with it first of all it's greek not grecian what do you say greek? grecian well, grecian sure <laughs> greek whatever i don't know see that's my Latino like, coming into it that's, no just, that's just the that's just the the history teacher would be saying coming up there. absolutely sure no, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. It, it totally worked. It worked for me. Like, if, if you don't know anything about Namor, then it doesn't matter. Like, if you don't really know, it, mm-hmm. I think it worked really well where they kind of masked it, and I, I think it worked in an interesting way. You know, it's, it's cool to actually look at pre-Mayan civilization, like pre-Columbian Mayans, which I think is like really cool because you know, a lot of people also don't realize that the Mayans at the time were actually already in decline before the Spanish arrived, but you know, so they actually go in like kind of probably at the peak of Mayan culture, like a thousand, probably a thousand or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting to see all of that and see that, that ancient culture and, and like that artwork and the, the architecture and all of that and at play at that moment, which I thought was really cool to see, to kind of see and explore that. Cause like people, you know, often don't know much about ancient Mexican uh, yeah. culture or, or history. And that was really cool to incorporate that. I think it worked really well. It also worked for the motivation of the character for yes. why he just decided to let the world burn and like why that's kind of his motive. I mean, if you look at it, it's again a story of colonization and a story of, um, you know, a story of rage and stuff like that. So, I mean, it worked really well and it, it sets up sort of a parallel between the two different peoples. And and that's where he's able to sort of reach out there, you know, seeing the the destruction that was brought to them by colonizers is similar to the destruction brought to other parts of Africa by colonizers and, and whatnot. So it does work in play in terms of the the building of, of allyship, allyship, which alliance rather, which is what he's trying to do with Wakanda yes. in this movie. He's trying to do that. And I thought it worked really well. And I also think it was. It was, you know, again, about parts of representation I thought were really important and incorporated into that. But I, th- I think it was successful because it also, it didn't seem like it was it was changed. It, it, if you didn't know, you didn't know. You don't know, I, yeah. I think that's what's great. I think it it was interesting to see that um, for, for sure and like have this different underwater culture. I mean, 
you know, if you just had Atlantis, where would Atlantis be? You know, off the coast mm -hmm. of Europe, that would be kind of weird. And then, yeah, just incorporate more and more white people into this, into the MCU. And, and, and I got think a lot it, already. And yes. <laughs> and I think, well, you know, yeah. what Black Panther did with the first one and they will continue to do with this one, it would have been kind of counterproductive or strange or weird to see Namor as a white person and this white civilization going after Wakanda. Yeah, that would have been a that wouldn't have been the right look. Yeah, it would have um, been just like, oh, oh, like especially ugh. especially because it's something that they address in the beginning. Um, yeah, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, we see that uh, you know Wakanda is coming under controversy with the UN, and they're they're credit the UN the UN is criticizing them, saying they're not actually sharing the resources, and they're like We're they're attacking their their bases. Yeah, so they're like, we're going to protect ourselves from. You people who have come in here and tried to colonize us and taken over other places, we're going to protect ourselves. And by you people, she's looking at the leader of the USA and the leader of France and like literally looks at them and, you know, who are both white in this on purposefully uh, as part of that. So it is it is kind of yes. taking on that idea um, and, and, and sort of protecting it in a way. And I think mm -hmm. it, it works really well. Um, I think it, it does work for the narrative of the story and for the greater world of the MCU. Um, and it creates interesting motivation for the characters. And then we also get, uh, you know, we we get the opportunity to be introduced to, uh, what is it, Tenok Huerta? Is that how you pronounce his name? Tenok Huerta, yes. Yeah. So we were introduced we're introduced to him, who I, I, I've i never seen this guy before because I don't watch Mexican television or Mexican Fair. movies. Uh, I don't know many people that do, but he, he was really good. I thought he was really compelling in this. He was. I thought he was fantastic. And also just to piggyback really quick of what you said, I think the way they they change and the way they introduce the more i think it sets him it set him up really well as an anti-hero because he's not a mm -hmm. villain yeah um so i think it was really good and yes like you said i think tenok was fantastic i think he I, I actually think all across the board the acting in the sequel was fantastic i think everybody was they upped their game um with him being one of the standouts um yeah and it's just like they, i a star is born and i hope that he just you know as a latino i'm just happy to see him there um and i yeah. hope that this is just the beginning of an excellent career because i really do think he brought such a good sensibility to that character yeah i thought he, he just looked he looked really good um i thought that the costuming was again great there excellent there you know um and that's gonna that's gonna pan across and i think it i think it really worked out i mean that's one of the things we actually we could talk about right next because i think the acting in this is it's really top notch. I think this is one of the things that this movie benefits from is having just terrific actors across the board. You know, you have a couple Academy Award nominee uh, nominees in here. Um, you have a, a number of really talented actors in this cast, and I think that's really what stood out. I mean, I want to start with the top. Um, you know, Letitia Wright is is kind of thrust in, in the movie and in in the in real life. She has a very difficult role in this because in the movie she's thrust into this position that she doesn't want to necessarily be in, you know, as, as Shuri, she, she's thrust into this, this position of taking on the mantle of the princess taking on like, who's going to, what's going to happen with the black Panther, what's going to happen with everything within the leadership role that she has mm -hmm. in this film. She also is thrust to being I mean, within, within the, you know, the act, the, the character is thrust into these things as well. And then the actress as a whole too, Leticia Wright has also gone from a side character to now being the lead of this. And she's thrust into the lead 
of this film. Before, I mean, both the character and the actor before really they're ready to be in that position. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that really plays out here where they were not ready for this. They were not expecting this. They were not going into this expecting to be the lead, but they're both thrust into this. And, you know, I really think to her credit, I think she nails it in a really good way. I think she was very good. She nails the emotional scenes. She nails the frustration. She nails the grief. She nails the rage. I think she does a really, really good job in this. She was amazing. I agree with every single word that you said. Um, she caught me by surprise because I've never thought of her as like a great, great actress. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, oh, wow, she carried this movie. And I think there was part of these part of the scenes and, and sections of these movies felt like they weren't acting. It was like you said, real life. Yeah. Because, you know, they were thrust into this. So it just came from like the reality, obviously the pain and the grief parts as well. But she's like, oh, crap, I just got thrust into this by the circumstances. So it was like her growing as the same time her character was growing. So I felt I think that's a benefit to the movie. I think that the movie benefits a lot from that. It's just real and very grounded. Um, so I was very pleasantly surprised by her. Yeah, I mean, I really I, it, was, it was really surprising. It really was because I did not expect this out of her. You know, after the first one, she's just goofing around and laughing the whole time. And like, mm -hmm. you know, this bubbly character. And in this, she's not at all. You don't see any of that. You, you barely see any bit of her being happy there's like one moment when she's maybe cracks a smile um and it's it it was really good and the emotional scenes work because she's she's emotional and you know she probably didn't have to tap very deep for that i'd say she didn't have I, to go very deep for the sadness absolutely and she is acting as well like she is yeah. acting with a capital a um although everybody's acting with a capital a in this movie but yes i completely agree I mean, the the person who is definitely capitally acting is Angela Bassett. I mean, I want to just throw it out there. When she walks in in that um in that scene in the UN, first of all, she's fantastic. Second of all, the shoulder workouts that she had going on before making this movie, <laughs> just incredible. Uh, some of the best shoulder work I've ever seen. She looks incredible in that scene. I don't know about you. Like, I just was like, damn, look at those shoulders. The, she looked she looked fantastic. She looked really, really good. Uh, and she's acting. She's do. She is, you know, very, very good in this film. She, is, I mean, what can we say? It's Angela Bassett. You know, Angela Bassett again. All of these people were secondary characters in the first one, right? And 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 here they're literally thrust into the spotlight into carrying this movie. She is just acting. Like I, I'm just gonna say it. Everybody's great, and I think there have been performances in MCU that are fantastic. I think this is just too great of a performance for it to be <laughs> in an mcu movie um because i think you take her her exact same character her exact same performance and put it like in a i don't know in the woman king let's say and that would be you know this is acting this is oscar worthy yeah. which they're pushing and a lot of people think that she could get into supporting actress for this role um she is phenomenal and she broke my heart in the scene the un is a fantastic scene but when she has that scene in yeah. wakanda with okoye wow so and this proves that angela bassett at 65 still freaking has it oh yeah she's fantastic i think she she's she's really really good in this you know and then everyone else i would just say like they're they're just having such a good time i i was waiting for lupita nyong'o to show back up and you know, despite the fact she's in Haiti, which I think is a little bit uh, misleading with what Haiti looks like. I'll just throw that out there. Because um, you you want to you want to know where it was filmed? 
it's in it's in filmed in Puerto Rico because everywhere is filmed in Puerto Rico. Everything Haiti um, and everything beach related is Puerto Rico. Next time you're there, I will take you to all the locations they filmed. <laughs> for, for sure, I'm sure we'll it the, is. And we'll take the pictures of the movie, the frames, and we'll just put them there and put you in the background. So, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's funny because, well, I mean, the reason I'm saying it's misleading, Haiti, Haiti is a little bit of a mess right now. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, that country really has a it has a long history that needs to be sorted out. Uh, there's a lot of background for that, but you know, we don't have time to unpack all that now. But definitely not what it looks like <laughs> um she was fine she was just continuing to do what she's doing i don't she, think she, she was, wasn't given she wasn't given a lot a lot to do like she 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 was missing like leticia had a couple of scenes right angela bassett had those two scenes i think even danai had that bridge scene and that scene with angela bassett like yeah. i wish lupita have gotten like a scene to say whoa yes this is lupita the oscar winner yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. She. She wouldn't. She wasn't given much to work with, but she. She was fine. I would say that. Uh, Guerrero was was fantastic. I mean, again, she. She's just loving playing this character. She loves. She it. loves playing Akoya. She. She loves it. She. She's having so much fun. She looks fantastic. She. She's <sighs> just again, just the the powerful leader of the. Uh, what are they called? I forgot what they're called. The Dora Meja Dora. Dora, oh yeah, Dora, yeah. Uh, I yeah. Don't know Dora Milaje, I think. Dora Milaje, yes. yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah. that she's very, she's, she loves it. She's having a fantastic time in this. She, you could tell, you could see if you see her in interviews, she's just having so much fun, and yeah. you know, it was really, she's awesome. She's also really kick ass at this as well. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, that, that scene on the bridge was awesome. Like Amazing. it was a really that was a good fight scene. Now that was a good fight scene. That yes. was a Coogler esque fight scene. I'd say yes because it's and that's what I would like MCU to do because that is a full on action sequence fight, heroes, villains, superheroes, whatever. But it also felt real and grounded. Yeah, and that wasn't packed with super visual effects. Yeah, so I wish I think, that was the entire film. I think what was interesting is. The for the first so like would set this movie separate for me is like she she's she makes a couple jokes when they go to uh, to Boston right they make a couple jokes which I loved I thought they were really funny right like uh she was just really funny in that and the, the makeup everything is oh so yeah the, fun. yeah those were those were really funny in humanizing moments which I think were fun what I liked is it took about we're at that point we're about twenty minutes into the movie twenty five maybe a half hour into the movie when we yeah. start hearing those types of jokes that are like sort of let's poke fun at ourselves type jokes Yep. as opposed to Thor love and thunder. I think we started with a, a joke. No, no, actually we started with a really serious thing. And that one I just realized, uh, but you know, within five minutes of meeting with within 10 seconds of meeting Thor again, we're just seeing joke, 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 yeah. joke, 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 to the point where like, is any of this supposed to be taken seriously? Are, are we doing anything that's fun? Are we doing the, anything that's like real? Goats, every other scene. <laughs> So like like this this I think paced that really well and I think yes. you know seeing seeing Okoye make a joke is really funny because it's so unlike her character mm-hmm. so we've met so far uh, so I think it, it works really really well in this yeah they utilize Danai really well because if you remember in the first one Danai doesn't crack a lot of jokes and when she does they hit like the wig when they're in the in 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 that club in the market yeah. and she's like I have to wear these and 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 Lupita's like weep your hair back and she's like what like she she so they utilize very well and i agree with you i think the writing especially the first half of this movie the writing is 
really well and it it builds up to what it needs to build it's not here's a joke and it takes you back into the sadness or this and that it's just everything is interwoven really well and i think ryan coogler handled that very very wisely you know i would say also like uh i like the evolution of the character because you know the character has evolved from the first one i mean and, and no character i think has evolved more you know minus Letitia, right i think who has to like, i mean obviously she had to be a dynamic character but i think a character that evolved the most would probably be winston duke's character of mbaku I think Mbaku is really good in this. And I think Winston Duke does a, a really good job in this. I think he's he's kind of underrated, I think, as an actor a little bit. Agreed. I mean, I wouldn't say he's the best actor out there. I mean, he's he's competing. He's got a lot of good competition right now. Yeah. But but he's really good. But he's, he's a, really he good in this. Actor. Yeah. I really like how his character changed um, with with this because, you know, the, they're able to take that character and he turns into a mentor role and he understands the loss that shuri is encountering and mm -hmm. he, he understands that he has to take on this mantle that is given to him by t'challa t'challa tells him to, to take care of her and he's given this mentorship and i i appreciate the way that his character is so different from shuri and that really works for this and i think that was something a dynamic that really was successful in this i'd say i agree 100 percent, and i love that his character ends the way it ends and we're like oh Oh, that's a cool little twist yeah. without spoiling it. Like, oh, this is going to be fun for a third one. So agreed. I think he, his character was really, really well. Yeah. And I, what I what I what I really like about it is is the dichotomy between he's a traditionalist. He he respects the culture of Wakanda and he mm -hmm. respects the, the he has such pride in his culture and who they are in the past. You can see that in the way that he uh, organizes his domain. You know, you can see that. In, in the way that he does that um, as opposed to the way that in, in the main city of, of Wakanda is very different from where he is. And he, he has such respect for that where Shuri kind of throws it away and says technology is where the future is not in the cultural traditional past. Yeah. And I really appreciate the way that he does that. And I think it's really fascinating um, to 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 have these two characters work together, and it, it does work, I think, for the dynamic of the film too. Oh, and, it does. And, and when it comes to role. and when it comes to acting, that scene between them, um, right yeah. before we go into the third act, um, just beautiful, beautiful, because there you can see that push and pull of their ideologies and the way they see vengeance and ruling. And I'm like, oh, this is really, really good. So you know, th again, those are the moments within the second half that work for me out of the yeah. bigger picture. Yeah, I think the uh, unfortunately, I would say the the things that don't really work, uh, the Riri Williams, the the iron the um, Ironheart Ironheart character, it seemed shoehorned in here in a way that just didn't seem interesting to me. Like I said before, it was the MacGuffin. Like she just needed to. She was there for two reasons: to introduce us to her because she's having a show next year, and then oh sure, she's the reason they're fighting. And I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't like those MacGuffins. Yeah, it just didn't it just didn't work. It and she's didn't... fine in the role. Like, she's super funny. She's quirky. She's enjoying what she's doing. She's not bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I it, it just didn't work. Her character did not work for me. It it didn't work for me. And and it was kind of disappointing to see. I mean, especially the costume I thought was terrible in the end. I thought it looked stupid. The suit. The suit, I think, looked really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it looked like it looked like bad japanese cartoon from the 1990s like it, it looked really bad 
fair. It, it it didn't work. I I'm sure they're gonna be like, oh well, that's what it looks like. I don't. It looked bad. It looked it looked like it looked like a knockoff Iron Man suit, which is what it's supposed to be anyway, and it looked like it. So I was like, this I don't care. That character I could have done completely without. I was Agreed. completely non consequential. And um, I thought of you in one specific costume actually. <laughs> in that, oh, was it the which one? The fighting costume that um the blue one. The blue one that I'm looks like, absolutely insanely ridiculous. I'm like, why are the Zora people from Zelda in this movie? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It they are the so Zora. Pe- they are the Zora people from Zelda. Oh, we're talking about. No, you're not talking about. Well, it's funny is there is actually a person who looks like a Zora in this movie. One of the gods of of uh, Takalon who who looks like that. He yeah. looks like actually one of the Zoras, but. The, the outfit that they put on is just it looks it looks so stupid. It was a mix between the Zora and um the amphibian man from the shape of water. I know you haven't seen the movie, but you've seen the oh, pictures. Yeah. It's it's, it, probably, it more, it's probably more of that. that. It looks so stupid. <laughs> I thought I was like, this looks dumb. And I'm like, this, yeah, no wonder that I doesn't want to wear it. <laughs> yeah, this looks so stupid. It looked so dumb. That was that a was, terrible that, costume. That was a party city outfit. That's the only outfit for me because even Ironheart. I can get it because like you said, it's supposed to be like a knockoff of Iron Man and mm-hmm. whatever. Fine. But the, the, the quote unquote, it looks like a fish um, outfit so for Denai. I'm like for Denai and for, um oh my God, the other character that I forgot also totally underused as an actress in the movie. Aneka. Yeah. Uh, her, her, the character's name is Aneka played Aneka. by, you know, the brilliant actress, Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole. Completely who is really under- good, she's in, she's in what? Two brilliant. scenes, three scenes in the so entire I was, movie. That's I was it? just going to talk. I was just going to talk about this. So, you know, she's an absolutely brilliant actress, really tremendous actress who has like fire inside of her. And she's relegated to doing nothing. nothing. She is a horrible character who does nothing. It's so unbelievably boring. They gave her nothing to do. They wasted her. In this I was movie. like, I we talked about this for a while, like how excited we were that she was going to be on this. We're like, oh my god! Well, remember the theories are like, is she playing Storm? Are we going to get the yeah. X Men here and stuff like that? Like she's going to be kick ass in this movie. She does nothing in this movie. Ugh, it was she so appears bad. In the, she appears in the movie in the first fifteen minutes, and then she doesn't appear until the last what twenty five minutes of the movie, and that's yeah, I, it. I yeah, it was it was so stupid. It was it was so stupid, completely wasted. Because like you said, Michaela Cole is just brilliant and they completely misused her and now she's stuck in the mcu as this character so i hope she shows up and does other stuff um in other well, projects yeah. but I like so oh like she's just a wasted talent that could have been they wasted her talent and she could have been cast as something else or somebody else who would have been just amazing in the mcu yeah i mean it, the, the the movie has like there's some other characters that like it was just so there was so much going on like i have one more big miss that i just did not like what I love her. She is a comedy queen and I love her forever, but I cannot stand Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Contessa. I think yeah. she is actively bad in that role, like actively bad in that role. And I don't think the scenes between her and um, Bilbo Baggins um, really work because they're completely disjointed from each other. I was not happy. And every time she was on screen, I'm like, also, why does she have more scenes than Michaela Cole? Does not make sense. But yeah. I, I just don't like her as that role. I, I, I well, think again, she's actively bad playing that role. They're just, they're just setting up, they're setting up the future. That's all they're doing is they're like, they keep laying 
not breadcrumbs. They keep laying loaves of bread on the ground. That's basically yeah. what it is. It's not little breadcrumbs. Like, you know, in the past, like there was, there's like little like teasers of characters who they would like throw like a name around or like they yeah. throw or like a piece an, of a, a costume or something. Or yeah, like a logo somewhere. And you're like, Ooh, yeah. what's that? And now they're like, here's a fucking loaf of bread for you to follow. They, they like, here's the character in five scenes and we'll see him. You'll see him in three years in a two hour we're, movie. We're going to test screen this character real quick with like within it. And you're like, this is just, ugh. <laughs> that's what I felt. Yeah. I felt, ugh. There's just more and more and more. Cause like she has uh what is it, Thunderbolts coming out next year? She has a Thunderbolt. Yeah, she's leading Thunderbolts. She's, she's one leading of the Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts, so we need to incorporate those characters. And like the main themes of this film are about grief, about loss, and everything like that. Now, these these are, I think those were the successful ones, I would say, right? Would you say that those were successful? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, I, I think they were they really worked in this. And you know, the there's also the the different. I bet you. There, I bet you. If you analyze this, there are the stages of grief as well that I bet uh, you can look at for Shuri. Yeah. You know, the, the denial and all this stuff too, like you know the blame and and all that. Yeah, I'm sure you can go through that, but I think it really worked for her. I think Shuri's character was really fascinating, and she explores it in a different way too because she doesn't think of it as grief, but she also sees it as abandonment too, which I think really works in a way that's yeah. it's a lot more complex than just the loss of things. Something like. You know, they they didn't attempt at all to do this with other characters. None mm-hmm. of the other characters, like no one is dealing like even, you know, Spider-Man is trying to deal with that. You know, at one point they're like, oh, he's he, he going to deal with the loss of Tony Stark. No, they don't. They don't. They, they don't, don't do it at all. They like barely mention it that he he's like lost. They, they barely kind of tap into that little vein or Thor never once even recognizes the idea of thinking about facing any sort of emotion in love and thunder like not, not at all. all despite the fact there is loss there and like i wonder you know is it is it because we don't care or because everybody nobody actually dies in this except we know that this character is actually gone um you know do we is, it, is that is that a problem is that why none of these other movies have ever tried to do it or is this just like a different movie I think it's this is its own little thing, right? It's its own set of circumstances. It's its own movie. It's I don't. You have to have a skill writer. You have to understand. You have to have somebody who really understands that theme or that thematic, whatever that you want to bring in. And I just think Kugler does it really well. And I think it's going to be hard for other movies to do it, especially if. The other movies are complete. Like this turns into Marvel the second half, but what we got in phase four was Marvel all along. And I just yeah. think they, they don't know how to incorporate that. I mean, even perspective or theme into it, even like in Shang-Chi, the, the motivation of the main villain is about loss and grief. Mm-hmm. And I think it, again, that's not even as successful. I don't think so. No, you well, know, it's, I think it's not that it's in Shang-Chi, I think would be a good example of, not doing it bad, but it's just like there instead of exploring yeah. it. Yeah. So I think Shang-Chi had the potential to really go into it, but they just don't. Yeah. I, I don't think it actually totally manifested there. And I don't think it really totally worked. I think, you know, cause I think there is a, there is a loss problem with like death problem in, in this move in these movies, because nobody actually fully dies. Like even at the end of Thor love and thunder, you know, we're like, Oh man, there's such a, it's such an emotional ending, you know, mm-hmm. and 
you know, as as she dies and, and you know, it's it's over. But then at the end, we're like, actually, they're alive again in Valhalla. And you're like, oh, OK, because <laughs> they're all like, coming down from Valhalla because even uh, Idris, who is it? Is it Idris Elba? Yeah, After he swore he was never coming back, Marvel's like, here's six figures or seven figures. Come back for one scene. Oh, my God. It's it's and like, again, it's just like that's just a problem. That's one of the problems with MCU. Um, Well, one of the many problems with MCU is that when you think you have stakes, they erase whatever stakes they have. Yeah. And there's not, reset. you know, you'll be like happy because you know what will most likely happen at the end or in a couple of years. So you're like, you know, there's no reason for me to be sad. Yeah, they just hit reset and you're like, ah, oh, okay. So like nothing, nothing matters. Okay. We don't ever have to say goodbye to these characters. So we don't ever have to feel anything like there's, there's no stakes. The stakes aren't real. Um, You know, the when the world is going to end, that's not really that interesting of stakes. You know, like yep. the, the world almost ends in every single one of these movies or is going to be destroyed. The stakes aren't real. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It It's stupid. Um, The other theme in this, the other main theme is actually about alliances and about oppression so you know which is i don't know if you really caught on to that at all but there was this idea of like historical alliances of historically oppressed peoples mm -hmm. that was kind of thrown in there as like a subjugation type idea like where namor wants to um pair up with wakanda because you know the motivation of namor is looking at his people being oppressed the people of the, the mayans being oppressed by the spanish when they came and you know, the other the other idea of, you know, him saying, like, look, Wakanda's next. I mean, look at what's happened to the rest of Africa. You know, we, we're we're up for getting you know taken over. I mean, this is what's happened to our peoples historically. Uh, we should work together on this. Did that work for you? Did that totally work or? Um, I yes, I I, I, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. like, hey, I'm, I'm with Namor. Let's burn it all down. Um, is a Latino? Yes, let's burn it all down. Um, I think it does work. I think it's it's. I just don't. I think where they ended right in this all quote unquote alliance or this like, hey, do this with me. Um, we have to do this where these people historically this has happened. I think all of that is fantastic. I just didn't like the way they either got to that because of Riri or you know that that the way it's like fleshed out a little bit doesn't work. But I think the end result of these two cultures coming together, which obviously. At the end of the movie, he himself says that. Um, so we might assume that comes into play in, in a third Black Panther or somewhere else in MCU. Um, I do think it, it. It. I like that. I like these two cultures together and just burn everything to the ground. Kill the colonizer. Yeah, I don't think it worked for me. I didn't think it was that successful. I mean, I I, I understand and appreciate the the concept of it, but I think the motivations and, and some of some of the parts within it, I think were less successful. Um, because I just don't think that it, there, there's something about it that was off, like his desire to then just in invade and take over because they wouldn't ally with him. And it's a, it's just a weird take also just location wise. It makes no sense. I mean, talk they, along, they swim a lot. Well, I know to get they, to Wakanda they, and fast, yeah, they have to swim, you know, through a bunch of other countries because Wakanda is a landlocked country, which they don't ever talk about, but it's a landlocked country. So <laughs> there's no way of actually getting there. So there, there's no waterway to get to Wakanda. If you actually look at where Wakanda is, it's probably in like the heart of Africa, like near uh, Lake Victoria, I think on a map somewhere. That's kind of where it would be. The only way to get there is if you swim up the Nile River. So they 
they didn't do that. Uh, I mean, the Crocs are his friends, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably. But it's just that. So, that, that so didn't, if they that didn't so, work, but so that's if you if you look at it logistically from that perspective, that means that there are whales inside of a landlocked country, and the whales went up the river. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's whales again, when they go to Wakanda in that attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't. It didn't make any sense. So um, for you, so even the other, what? the other part actually, the the geography of some of it is really weird. When they go go to like Cabo Verde, like they end up like that's where I think Angela Bassett's character meets uh, Namor for like a minute. That's an island way off the coast of Africa. So like she just like goes over to an, a, an island off the coast of Africa to just sit there and talk to him. And it's like this has got weird. This is kind of weird. <laughs> like yeah, knowing it's... geography, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, you can't look at it from a geographic. I, I had to, I guess I kind of had to turn off a little bit of my geography knowledge and be like, yeah. okay, maybe that'll work. But regardless, I don't I don't think that you know the yeah, the ideas just didn't really pan out for me. I mean, I, I I understand and appreciate kind of what they were trying to do, but I don't think it it didn't totally connect with me. And so I was it mean, fair to say that it wasn't necessarily like the end result of the alliance or like that's the goal, it was just the way it was delivered. Yeah, I think some of the the yeah, I think there were there were a couple of pieces with that 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 just didn't work. I mean, they didn't talk about the motivation in the right way, and I just don't think it it wasn't. I I don't I think that was a little bit of that might have been actually the early storyline that they wanted to do, and they wanted to explore that a lot more and yeah. talk about that. You know, especially the connections between the two different groups, and like because that's one of the things like the shared history and shared identity. That was one of the parts they wanted to explore, and I don't think they explored it enough because they had to deal with so many other things. I think that's the part that was supposed to be the original story that was kind of held over from, I think the original script that they had, that would be my mm -hmm. guess. But that part was kind of relegated a little bit more down after having to, you know, certainly deal with a lot of other things that I think were more successful. Yeah. So I think that's the part that suffered for me. That's fair. Yeah. I can see that. And like that, that does add an interesting thing of like, where's Namor going to fit in this whole phase and, or is he going to fit in the MCU because of his, you know, clear anti-hero and like this, he's not a hero. He's definitely the villain in this. I would say he's definitely not a hero um, for, for this, for this film. And, but he could turn into a hero or definitely an anti-hero because of his motivations and things like that. And like what mm -hmm. he does as a character, but this, like this puts the whole MCU in, in a weird place. I mean, this, this phase is the most disjointed of all of them. There's no clear run through of all these stories. They're not connected. They're connected to setting up. The only thing that connects these is all of them basically set up TV shows or something weird. And they all end with cliffhangers that don't lead to the next movie. They lead to something maybe like every single end of these movies is all connected to maybe something's coming. Yeah. You know, that's that's the problem with these. Whereas like if you watched phase phase one, I think I executed this perfectly. They teased the next movie that's coming. Yeah. Uh, even in phase two, they they teased some of the stuff that's happening in the next movie. Not we're, we're teasing a character that maybe he'll show up eventually. Or maybe we'll, we'll make a movie with Charlize Theron in it. You know, like, uh, we, I don't know what's going on with these. And it just becomes silly and stupid. And it's so it's there's there's such a problem at the heart of this. And I don't I don't know what's what's going to happen because phase four has just been completely met completely meh you know and we could blame that on on covid we could blame this on streaming we could blame it on other delays but like what is it about this phase that made it meh do you think <laughs> i have no idea they had no plan i honestly i think they had no plan after infinity saga was over they just 
started like let's do shows and let's do movies um and they just didn't have a plan but that's the way i perceive it there's just no plan there wasn't a whiteboard with connective threads between these movies and they just started doing everything just cause and um just throwing things and darts of the wall hoping some something stuck and i don't think it really worked um it was a very disappointing phase it's a phase that i don't know where it's going i mean they cut the face early right like it wasn't yeah. supposed to be black panther the last movie they just cut it early um because they know that they needed a restructuring um and the problem with this is that although this is officially quote unquote the official ending of phase four it was originally supposed to be that to be ant-man but now ant-man is the opening of phase five so i wonder if ant-man is still gonna be good or bad because that was originally intended to be phase four you know what i'm saying so i don't yeah. know um I don't know. They, they, I, I think they're they're in a little disarray without Iron Man and Captain America. And now the rumors are that Steve Rogers might be coming back. So we'll I see. I don't, I don't. I think. I think one of the things that you're, you 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 kind of mentioned in in a, in a way is they have, they have a whiteboard with with all of the things that they want to do on this right. But the problem with the whiteboard is you can easily erase things and put them in different places and you can move them around. And that's kind of what's happening here is they, they, they've got this whiteboard of like, Oh guys, look at all these ideas that we have. And they have a huge writer's room with all these different writers and all these different ideas. And they're like, let's see, let's do this. And then all of a sudden a movie comes out and they're like, Oh, that didn't work. Let's just erase this part, erase this part and then plug in this. Let's, Oh, let's, let's dial up the jokes here. Let's add in more CG here. And you know, they're like, oh, we don't know what these characters are going to look like. So let's just have these CGI houses. Like, yep. just we'll book all of them and we'll, we'll just book. Up. We're going to make up, you know, and we're going to make a billion what, dollars off of these. So they're, they're yeah. using the multiverse as a scapegoat for that. Yeah. Right? That same idea that that what you're saying, I'll be racing. Oh, we have the multiverse. Hey, if you guys don't like it and criticize us, well, in the next movie, just say the multiverse allows us to open this door and change it. And here we go. Oh, it's like, oh, we're struggling right now. Well, guess what? Tony Stark's back because we need to fix it and that's what it is i mean these movies are going to make you know a ton of money you know every single one of these movies within this phase has made at least 350 million dollars and that includes black widow which came out still in the early the, the later stages of pandemic COVID. worry so like it still came out you know like the the three covid films like real covid films i would say are, are still still made 380 430 and 400 million dollars they're, they're going to make a lot of money. They're doubling their budgets. You know, this movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, made $180 million this weekend. That's more than the entire domestic run of Eternals and the entire domestic run of Black Widow. It's going to make a ton of money. You know, yeah. it's going to make money and they're, they, they don't even care. There's, there's not even a quality control within this. I don't think there is. And, you know, anybody who speaks up is just going to be like, yeah, we'll just get rid of you. And they'll just move on to someone else. Agreed. Um, I think it's, I think it is a big problem. I mean, within this, I think there is a superhero fatigue that's coming. It's definitely coming down the line because people don't know what's going on. I, I can't follow seven shows within seven movies. And then all of these characters that are they connected? Are they not connected? What is the greater story going on? Cause there's no greater story within this phase. We don't have a, it's not culminating in the infinity war. You know, no. it, it's, it's, it might go to secret wars or or something like 
or I honestly I honestly think this is the up in air up in the air phase like all yeah. these things and I think season season five <laughs> phase five will be the one that they're gonna try to like okay we're going into um secret wars and whatever it is all more Avengers movies and stuff like that this is what we're gonna use to get that and they're, they're gonna bring in the characters from this but I think this phase four when we get phase five and phase phase six we'll we'll look back at it and we'll see that just that the up in the air phase there's nothing connect unless it's just the characters that come into the movies but connectively and story-wise nothing from phase four makes sense i mean that's kind of what phase two did phase two expanded the roster but i think one of the things that would happen in phase two is they had good movies that expanded the roster they just like kind of expanded it and just kept adding new characters not teasing characters for television shows that are coming four years from now yep you know we didn't get we didn't get Shang-Chi showing up in one of the in like the second movie of the phase only to have him show up in a movie three years later yeah, five years later. That's not what they had. You know, it's so they didn't do any of that. And it, it, it was more successful. It's more streamlined. It was also more down to earth. I think going into the multiverse, going to outer space, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy was the most consequential film for this for the entirety of the MCU because it showed that other planets can work. But I think they're now they're like, let's pivot to only other planets and make everything world. Yeah, because everything is world ending or just glowing rod that you have to find. It becomes less interesting. That's where I think this movie is so successful is because it. It it doesn't go with the world ending. The world's not ending in this film, you know, and there's no glowy object that they have to get a hold of, (laughs) you know, like that's think about it. That's what every movie is. It's all glowing objects or. The world is going to end like, you know, just just looking at all these movies, actually, just like looking at them. You know, Shang-Chi is going to release a, a, a dragon that comes out. Eternals is literally just like a thing that's going to eat the world. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home, the entire multiverse is going to collapse and, and kill everybody. Uh, Doctor Strange, the multiverse is again going to collapse and kill everybody. Uh, yeah, it's like there's a there's a and she throws the same uh, storyline with different characters. She's throwing red balls of magic around Thor love and thunder. It's all shiny and glossy. And guess what? They're going to kill all the gods and everybody in it. So like, again, it, that that's what it is. This there's not that stakes. I think this actually works where it has lower stakes. There's not much glowing stuff in this, I think, which worked out a little bit too. Uh, I I'm, I'm worried. What do you think about the future of the MCU? I don't know. <laughs> how, how sustainable is it? Um, I mean, it's always going to be, well, if, if you, if you, if I take the word sustainable as, will it always be there because we may, we're going to complain, but we're still going to give them a billion dollars. It's sustainable, right? From a story perspective, they might suck. They might work. Hey, they might pick it up. We won't know. But honestly, let's just say how it is. As long as we keep going to the theaters and giving Disney a billion dollars or, or close to a billion dollars per movie. As long as these shows keep getting the viewers that they keep getting, they don't care. <laughs> the little Kevin machine that we saw in She-Hulk doesn't care. They're going to keep producing them. Because like you said, the multiverse has given them permission to go back and erase and move things around that don't work. And they make fun of it in She-Hulk. They literally are telling us in the finale of She-Hulk, they told us this is what we're doing. We can literally erase whatever we want. And we're trolling you. And we're going to do it because you're going to keep going back to us. So sustainable from a money perspective, yes. From a story perspective, so far, probably not, but we're still gonna watch it. I'm I'm a little bit 
less optimistic as you are, I think that, you know, they're going to make, I think they'll make money, but they're going to start seeing that they're making less money and they're going to have to do something big. They're going to have to like pivot or, or something. Something's going to have to change because these are just, they're, they're not great. <laughs> they're, they're really not. Uh, and the thing is like, we're going to get over the next two years, I, the next two years, we have at least six movies coming out over the next two years after this one. Um, and then, you know, that's how many not movies even, do we have next year? Four, three, four. We have three movies next year. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and the Marvels. That's that's not to mention they might push another movie forward that they have. Plus, like I assume like two or three two or three more. We have Loki season two, um, and other shows. We I have assume. seven we know we have seven television shows that are announced for next year. Yikes. So what if Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki, Ironheart, and uh Agatha Coven of Chaos? So Yikes. All of those are are slated for next year. So we have seven TV shows and three and, more movies. And three movies. So 10 That's projects 10 as of projects. now. Yeah. That's pretty much the entire year filled with filled with these different. So that is Marvel basically days. one project per month. Yeah. It's a lot. And that's a lot of content that I don't know that we need. And there's this fatigue. I'm not I'm not gonna be able to keep up with it. And then you're going to start losing viewers because they're like, I don't know, I didn't watch those other ones, so I'm not going to watch this. Yep. And, and that's going to that's going to wear into this, I think. And it's it's going to be a problem. It is. Fun times. Where does, where does this rank on yours? Where does Wakanda Forever rank on your phase four? Uh, you want me to tell you just Wakanda? Or you want me to tell you my entire ranking for phase four? Let's go with let's uh, let's do the whole thing. Why not? Let's let's hear your ranking. Let's go from the bottom to the top. Yeah, so my ranking from the bottom to the top, and I will say this disclaimer, the bottom three, I'd hate. I did not like either of them. So the way I broke that tie um, was which one I would have seen more than once or which one I would probably press play. So my last one, my number seven is Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Hated it. Number six, Thor, Love and Thunder. Still trying to find a joke there to laugh at. Number five, Eternals. Number four, Black Widow. Number three, Spider-Man. Number two, Shang-Chi. And number one, Wakanda Forever. That mm. is my movie ranking for Phase 4. That's definitely very different from mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can assume what, what you have for the last one. And is it the Eternals? Second. Your is last Eternals? one is Eternals. Yeah, Eternals is my last one. Eternals yeah. I thought was just really bad. I thought it was actively bad. It They did nothing at all. It did nothing. That movie did nothing. There's there's no purpose. It was really stupid. Um, that movie's really bad. Uh, I thought Black Widow was as my number six. I think Black Widow was just unsuccessful in what it did. It came in. It was. I think it tried to patch up and be like, oh, we're gonna make a movie about a female character who we should have made a movie about four years ago. So I think it came. I think it came a year too late. A and, year? I would say it came like five years too late. <laughs> yeah, it definitely came three, three or four years too late for for that. So I, I did not like it. I didn't think it was successful. Um, there were parts that were good, but over we did not find that good. Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness is number six, is five. Uh, did not like that. We talked about that on the podcast. Uh, I thought it was extremely disappointing in terms of its quality. Then Thor Love and Thunder came in at four. I enjoyed parts of Thor. I had fun, but I also just sat there like, oh, okay, and didn't really laugh that much. And I thought the, the plot was a mess and the stakes were too jokey for me. Shang-Chi comes in at third. I, I like Shang-Chi, but I think there's a villain problem again. I didn't I didn't really like, I'll, I'll, despite the fact that I love Tony Leung, I think he's a phenomenal actor and I love a lot of his work. 
I didn't like the third act. I thought the third act was really bad in that film. Spider-Man is obviously number two because Spider-Man is just an awesome movie. I really enjoyed that one. And then Wakanda Forever, I think, is the best one because of its emotionality. I think emotionally, this is the best one. I think you can see in the hands of a different director, this would have been really bad. But I think that Ryan Coogler is able to to formulate this in, in, in a really great way and actually craft a brilliant movie out of it. So I really did enjoy that. I, I can see that. Yeah. And I think also, apart from the emotionality of Wakanda, I actually think it's the most cohesive out of all the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. It definitely is. A, it's, a, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's just a good movie. Do you, and so I assume, but I'm going to ask, um, did it reach the level of the first one to you? I would say it did. It, to me, it okay. did. Um, to me, it did. I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first one. I liked the first one, but, you know, I, I didn't think it was the best. You know, I, I really didn't. I didn't really care. I didn't think it was the best. I know a lot of people have that as their best MCU movie. I don't mm-hmm. think it is the best MCU movie. I have other movies ahead of it. Other movies, more than one movie ahead of it, for sure. And I I just didn't No, It didn't it didn't really connect with me in in any sort of way that. Because I think the villain, there was a villain aspect of it that I didn't like. And there was a couple other aspects that were fine. But um, no, I, I think this re- this reached the this reached that level. I mean, especially because the expectation was a lot lower than than that one was. So, OK, I, I can see that. Right. OK, if you frame it that way, yeah. I can definitely see it. OK, yeah. yeah. Did it reach it for you? Um, No, it falls short of the first one. Um, I think it not by a lot. Um, This is definitely top 10 Marvel for me. Um, but it doesn't read it for me. It didn't reach the level. You know how I feel. I'm in the opposite spectrum of you. I love the first Black Panther. It's top three for me. It's not one or two It's number three, actually, but it's top three for me. And I, I really, really love the first one. So it didn't quite reach the level of number one, but I think it was still a worthy sequel and overall pretty successful. Yeah, I think there's a. Uh... There's a lot to be said there. I mean, it'd be interesting to see an entire ranking of these Marvel films, too. I think that'd be an interesting way to do it. We should do just an episode of Marvel rankings. Well, this is the we should do that soon, right before the face, the new face starts. That sounds like a good idea. Like just an episode of the ranking. And we just talk a little about each movie because there's what, 20 some 20. There's time. There's a lot. Just the movies, not the shows, just the movies. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. So I think it's like 27 or 28 with Wakanda Forever. So yeah. that'll be that would be a cool episode just to rank these and just talk a little bit about why we have them where we have them. I mean, there's definitely a lot to talk about, which I think could be really fun. And um, yeah, no, for sure. I think there's a lot to talk about. I think it could be a really fun thing. Uh that that's definitely for a future episode that we're gonna discuss at some point. But you know, there's a lot of good stuff that's coming out. There's a lot of good stuff that's already out, and you know, we'll be talking about a lot of this content coming up. So um Thank you guys so much for listening to this. We're going to probably wrap it up there. So uh, we'll catch you next week. And we're really excited about it. World Cup starts on Sunday. You excited? Not sure. I don't watch that. <laughs> I don't watch that. I'm here for the music. I just want to hear the, the song. Who's singing the song and what song they do? Disappointing. I don't know. I remember, was it the 2014 one? Was one? Was there one in 2014? 2013 yeah. something like that i was in um, punta cana for vacation and the final game was what we were there and there was nobody anywhere they were all in like bars and i'm like just in the beach and in the pool by myself and everybody's killing themselves <laughs> over a game and i'm like sure yay good for you congratulations i think germany won that year yes they did 
So yeah, because all the Latinos in Punta Cana were really sad <laughs> because I think they were playing like a Latino country, and I think they were really sad because Germany ended up winning. Who did they play? Was it Argentina? I don't remember who they played in that World Cup. Yeah, but I remember that. So no, I don't. I you know me, I don't follow sports. The only sports I follow are what kickball now that I play, because uh, <laughs> sure, and then volleyball. Those are the two sports that I play. But yeah, no, I know you're the fan, so I know you're very excited. I'm very excited. Very excited. Very, very excited. <laughs> are you, who are you rooting for? Oh, the USA all the way. It's gonna happen. <laughs> do you, definitely do you not. Think, do you no, think? Definitely. And I was gonna say, do you think they'll get far? Do you think they have a good no, team? No, not at all. They, there's a chance they get out of the out of the uh the group, but beyond that, I don't I don't see them going anywhere. Okay, who do you think would be top contender I, oh, for you? Bra- Brazil's the number one. They're okay. they're ranked number one. There there's a very good chance that Brazil crushes it. There's okay. a very the, the most the odds on favorite is a Brazil France final and than brazil winning it there's a, it's a very good odds for that so if you're betting you that's that's what i would bet on there you but go betting, you heard it here from from steve <laughs> people because i have no idea what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> all right then we'll, we'll catch you guys next week and we'll uh we'll, we'll talk to you then